Hello and welcome to this month's Car Talk podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about our motoring assumptions, but more of that later on. In this episode, we'll be doing the latest car news and transportational opinion. And joining me as ever is Bailey Prickett. Hello, how are you doing, Matty? With a delayed reaction there. And also joining <laughs> us from his house in Scotland, we've got this month's special guest. He's a YouTuber, valeter, and home and bargain worker. It is, of course, Lewis Machland. Hello, Matty and Billy. Hello, Lewis. Good to have you on. Uh, yeah, thank you. Three skinny me. men on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lewis, um, I guess my first question to you is where did you get the balls to go into car valeting? Um I mean, <laughs> you're not only in retail, which is a hard job, but fucking car valeting. I mean, how are you still doing it? I ask myself that quite a lot. It came out of boredom, really. I'd finished school. I was waiting on university results, and I was looking for something to do. Yeah. I had a part-time job in the motor trade, with a slightly dodgy used car dealer um, and I was looking for sort of more hours, more money um, and I'd always liked looking after the cars we had at that point. I had my little Toyota Igo at that point yeah. and I was wanting to get that looking good and I was learning about how to do that and I thought other oh, people might want those sort of services on their cars uh, so I just did a few friends and neighbours to begin with, put it on Facebook, the wonderful thing that is Facebook. Yeah. And then here we are today. Well, it is brilliant. I mean, I I, I don't professionally valet my car, but it is a nice feeling when it's clean. Definitely, um, yeah. But I do, I, honestly, me, me heart goes out to any valeter who does it for a job because if it's not mother nature that ruins the outside, it's the, well, just the mother or whoever owns the car that <laughs> ruins the inside. I've seen some sites. Oh, mate, I, in, the, in the used car business, I've also seen some sites, the things that people, the state, yeah, oh, makes you sick. If it's a Nissan X-Trail that comes in as a part X, it probably stinks a dog. I can tell yeah, you that. Especially just the seven-seat version as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Lewis, my next question would be to you then. Obviously, we've discussed your valeting, uh, which I think is very cool. I've seen your Instagram and it's, um, you know, you do a really good job of stuff, like better Thank than you. I could do any time. But <laughs> what, do you, what do you drive at the moment? Tell the ladies and gentlemen what what cars you own I say cars because you've got two haven't you you've just got a yeah, new one I'd like to chop and change every six months but nice. at, at this at this point in time my normal car is a 2018 MG3 nice it's one it's one of the last of the old shapes it's white with um, anthracite wheels yeah and then the work van is a 2010 BMW 320D estate Nice. That's pretty cool. I like that. It's a, it's a nice car. Quick. I've had it two months now. And how's that really been? Like Is it, it um, been really good? Yeah. Apart from the one slight mechanical hiccup I had a couple of weeks ago, it's been perfect. Much better than the vehicle it replaced. Oh, yeah, because did you, didn't you have that van before, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I had a Peugeot Partner van, which was an absolute wreck. <laughs> Just talking about your MG, Lewis, because 
we've had a few of these in work, so I've driven a few of them. The old shape ones. Um, yours is obviously um, an old that shape on a very very late end of the line. Um, yeah, and people March 18th. Are lovely cars because people always ask me, well, if your Saxo got written off tomorrow, what car would you buy? And I never know. And it's funny because I liked your Toyota Igo that you used to have. Yeah. Um, and I also like the MG. And as well, something I could buy an MG3, and I'll tell you why. Because you don't have to press the clutch to start the engine. Very important yes. factor for me. Well, that's that's yeah. that's that's like on my car though. I've never had to. I've to be fair, this is a good conversation thing actually because I've I've actually never put the clutch down to start an engine, especially on my Seat that I had previously. And it's I so shit MX5. the way you have to do that. Do you have to it do that? It won't on yours? let you. Sorry to interrupt. If it's in a gear and you turn the key, it doesn't do anything. Really? Right. Yeah. Mm. So you, you can only start it if it is in neutral. Yeah. With not touching the clutch, but I tend to do it out of habit anyway. No, what I'm what I'm saying, Bailey, is that my my Saxo, you don't you don't have to press the clutch, but all the modern cars now, seemingly apart from this MG3, you have to press the clutch to start in it, and it just is oh, a see, right. complete that deal breaker for me. Well, that's the thing, because I I think the reason they do that is because of um a lot a lot of them have the start stop thing, and that requires the clutch being pushed down, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a safety thing as well, so that people don't end up with a. I see that lay on in the living room by mistake if I've left it in gear. <laughs> Nearly happened a few times. Uh, do you have any more questions for Lewis Bailey? Uh, I'm trying to think of a question now, actually. I mean, obviously going back to sort of the valeting, uh, Lewis, what, I mean, I'm, I'm quite into my car and obviously like washing it is a big thing because you want to make it look good. And I'm, I'm always pretty crap at it. So, is there any tips you could give me uh, in washing my car, like cool sort of, question. you know, the method or, you know, what sort of equipment you use and things? I think the pre-wash stage is actually as important, if not more important, than the actual washing stage. Okay. So a really, a really good clean of all the wheels and the wheel arches makes a, b- a big difference. So Doing you just use all... a jet wash for that then? Yeah, and a non-acidate wheel cleaner and sometimes fallout remover depending on the condition of it. But so I these think are all big words to me. I don't know what any of those mean. <laughs> Can you explain? <laughs> so a, a fallout. So you've got metal brake discs and metal brake pads. Yeah. And then when those two rub together, you get iron particles that fling up okay. onto the paintwork and it gets hot and wet from the brakes and the weather. And then it sticks itself onto the paintwork. Oh, right. Okay. This so really you, you, is a science, is it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You probably you probably kill me if you've seen the way I validated my car. I used to. <laughs> I've only just started doing the two bucket method. Before that, I just used the same bucket, not a jet wash in sight. <laughs> well, Lewis, can I ask you if I'm doing it right? Because actually, what I start with usually is I do a sort of a wash over, like you said, the pre-wash, and um, you know, I wash all the rims and literally just I just do it with water, so I don't use any kind of um like you know detergent for that and then what i do after that is i add the snow foam on it uh let that settle for about 10 minutes and then i basically go over the uh rims again with a brush and i brush those and then rinse all that off and then get the bucket with the hand washer thing and then sort of go over that with soap and then wash it again and i'll do a a finishing wax at the end i don't know if that's how you do it (laughs) 
you're probably a bit more advanced. Bailey, that sounds just about right. If you're struggling to get brake dust off, spray wheel cleaner onto the wheels first. Yeah. To let that soak. It depends on how often you wash your car and your driving condition. If you get much brake dust, but if you are struggling, then just get a fairly normal wheel cleaner. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I, I do wash it quite often. I do it maybe sort of a couple of weeks. But like we're in the first sort of day, it's already dusty. <laughs> it's just because of how low it is like onto the floor. So it just gets yeah. the dust from yeah. everything else in the yeah. sort of environment. But um, I'm glad that I'm doing something decent. <laughs> That's reassuring. Yeah. Having a good wax on the car would make life easier for next time, especially yeah. in the winter. So then when you come to hose it off, it all the, the rubbish sort of just like falls itself off rather than sticking onto the paint. Yeah. Okay. It, cool. It's it's lovely the way our our podcast has turned into Bailey asking for personal advice from you, Lewis. Are you charging <laughs> him for this? <laughs> Can I come up and get my car validated from you? It'd be dusty by the time you get back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a bit of a trek, and I, I I don't think my extension lead will reach. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going down to Bailey next week, so if I come to you first, Lewis, I'll just drag the uh, extension lead on the back of my yeah. car all the way down. Yeah. See if well, you need an extension lead. You need an extension lead to go to Matty's house, and then you need an extension lead from there to come down to me. Just be careful on roundabouts; you don't get tangled up. On <laughs> that's, that's my next question, Lewis. Actually, whereabouts in um, Scotland are you from then? Because obviously you've got quite a strong accent. So I'm just wondering accents. where. Yeah, not as strong as Matty's accent, I don't think. Well, no, I, I agree with that. <laughs> the council area I live in is Aberdeenshire, so it's on the northeast coast. Oh yeah. I think I know where that is. It's the bit that sticks out. Yeah, okay. It's the yeah. northeast, like the triangular bit that sticks out. I'm just not far from the coast there. Ah, cool. It's funny because we're actually doing the. Um, I'm doing the Scottish 500 with my mate in oh, um, cool. September. So can I come cool. and get my car validated from you? <laughs> then? Yeah, pop up. Yeah. Nice one. <laughs> Sounds good. Swinging by. <laughs> Should we move on? To, we should uh, possibly move on. Yes. Yeah. To this this week's car news. Um, would you Would you like to go first, Lewis? Seen as you're the special guest. Thank you. Yes, I have some good news for once. Good news. We all need it. Um, the 2021 Goodyear Festival of Speed is to go go ahead at full capacity. Yes. Yay! <laughs> Something a bit normal and exciting happening. Yes, the fact that it says full capacity is very inviting because it's, yeah, you know. it's very very encouraging. It's it's been so nice watching the YouTubers. I watch finally sort of doing shows and going round shows rather than just doing like live streams and things like that. So yeah, certainly is good news. Um, where is the Goodwood Festival? I've I've heard it of it, but it is Sussex. It is Goodwood itself, but the county is Sussex. It's this far yeah, south. Yeah, so it's I think it's like Chichester, isn't it? I mean, it's Chichester. not very far from me. It's about yeah. Um, it's about on the so it's by the 10. coast then. Yeah, nearish, yeah. sort of near. Yeah, around there. Okay. It's the eighth to the eleventh of July. So anyone interested in the Goodwood Festival of Speed? Eighth to the eleventh of July in uh, Sussex. <laughs> very specific. <laughs> 
So, Lewis, how long is the drive for you then to go to Goodwood? Obviously, you probably, I'm guessing you camp there, or have you actually ever been? That's my next question. I haven't been to Goodwood, no, but oh, the furthest, no. I really should go there. Furthest south I'm going to is I'm going to Gaydon, Warwickshire, that weekend yeah, as well. Brilliant. I, I really want to go there. Yeah, it's for the BMC and Leyland Day, oh, which yeah. is right up my street, because I love that sort of Yes, <laughs> yes, me too. I mean, I, that, that's what I, I, I'm glad you said that because that made it just sound like I wanted to go to Gaiden. I don't. I want to go to to that show. Um, but yeah, it is annoying the way all the bloody motoring shows are down south. Like, why isn't there any up north? Well, it's because it's, it's all middle class down there, so everyone's got the money for supercars. It's always raining up here as well. As you oh, see yeah. down here, it rains. It's been raining all week. Yeah, it might be a middle class thing then. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you have any car news for this week, Bailey? Sure I do, do, but it's kind of more uh, motoring news and specifically new car news. Um, and I just I just found this sort of blog post on um, one of the other car things we won't mention the name of. Um, and it says the illegal hotspot like car I modifications hotspots revealed, um, which is I found quite interesting because obviously I I've got a modded car which is all declared and everything. Um, just just reading into like sort of the areas that have you know top ten offences. So number one's Gloucestershire, which is quite surprising. Not that yeah. there's anything there. Yeah. Um, Norfolk, Northern Ireland, Suffolk, London, Surrey, Northamptonshire, Dayford Power. I don't know how you say that. I've never known how to say that. Greater Manchester and Leicestershire. Um, and would you like would you two like to guess what was the top thing that they were caught for? Well, I know because I read it. Yes. So should I just guess? I don't know. Lewis, do you know? Do you have have any idea? So the number one undeclared modification. Yeah, or like altered, you know, modification or thing that's not allowed or it's illegal. Suspension. Exhaust. Exhaust noises. That was one of them, but that's not the top one. Oh. The top one. I was surprised by this actually. It's the altered number plate. So I'm guessing like the positioning and. Sort of the lettering oh, yeah. and that sort of thing, yeah. which you know, the four D plates. You see quite a lot of those, yeah. and you wonder how they get away with it. I know I did, but it's just I found that quite interesting. I thought of a bit of a different sort of news bit that I thought I'd mention. Um, yeah, so um, that's that. You know, some statistics. Yeah, um, I've got some news, uh, new car news. Um, cool. A little bit out of my patch, really, because it's about a uh, hot hatch that we've got, brand new hot hatch, oh. the uh, hot new Hyundai i20N. Uh, oh. It's it's on sale now from 25 grand. Um, I mean, it looks like a dog's dinner, but I'm sure it goes brilliantly. Um, this is the thing, Matty. I really liked the, well, I, I still really like the i30N uh, Hyundai. Which is obviously yeah. the sort of bigger version. Yeah. Um, I think that's a brilliant car. I think it's very similar to a Golf in terms of specs, like a Golf R or GTI, I think. Um, yeah, well, it's got a 1.6 litre four-cylinder turbocharged petrol engine. Uh, brilliant. Six-speed gearbox. Uh, I found that we needed a six-speed gearbox in the uh, Is it Fiesta. a manual? It's going to yeah. say manual. Manual that's gearbox. Good. No Find diesel. It. No dual-clutch automatic version. 201 brake horsepower that sounds actually quite good have you got a picture of it we'll bring a picture up on the screen yes um, i can send you a picture i think it looks like the new gr yaris from behind 
anyone else join me on that train of thought? Do you think they got inspiration? Yeah, yeah. I do see that. That looks... The front looks unique, but I think the back... The way they've done how the tail lights meet the boot, meet the window looks sort of... I, I really like that, you know? I, yeah, I think the whole composition of it is quite... You know, it's got lots of curves. It looks really sort of out there. Yeah. And it's, you know, the fact that it's got the six-speed and it's a, what was it, 1.6 turbo, Matty. Yes. You know, that's I think that's quite an overall appealing car, especially for a sports hatchback. Um, so I'm I'm quite into that. Yeah, 200 horsepower and something the size yeah. of an i20 is wicked. Well, exactly. That's it probably doesn't weigh anything much either. Much more than a Fiesta ST, I think. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, this is an unpopular patient. I'd actually have that over a Fiesta ST. Yeah, I think a Fiesta ST only does 180 bhp. Um, yeah. On my review, I said it does 180 miles an hour, so that was a bit wrong. But um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you're down a hill. The chavs <laughs> probably think it does, but it doesn't. Um, they probably say they get to that in the Mackey's car park, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah, doesn't top speed Top speed on this i20 of 143 Um that's not so, bad. Yeah, that's that's it's better that's than all. my MX-5, and my MX-5 is 1.8, and it's, you know, half the size, so good stuff. Uh, anyone else got any more car news? I do. Uh, I've got a new Peugeot uh, 308 SW Estate, which actually looks I'm very good. I'm not interested. You're not interested? <laughs> the first one of the day. Hey, there we go. Why are you not interested, Lewis? Because, I, I mean, I thought... That you know, when I first looked at it, you know, it's oh, okay, it's another Peugeot, but actually, looking a bit more into it, you know, it's got the choice of a 1.2 uh, petrol engine or a 1.5 diesel, uh, producing 128 brake horsepower, or you can get a pr- plug in hybrid one, um, which is a bit more uh, in terms of brake horsepower. But I think Peugeot for me have you know been a brand that's sort of driven by idiots, but actually, now I think they've started to jump on the horse and actually sort of make yeah. some good looking cars. Um, Actually, I take that back. It looks quite nice. (laughs) Better than an SUV. Yes, 100%. The 508 is a lovely car, and the 208 is a really nice car. Yeah, I agree. Peugeot are quite good at the moment. We've definitely definitely touched upon Peugeot. No, I haven't driven on either. Yeah, we we definitely have offended some Peugeotites in the past on this podcast. saying that we weren't interested in the <laughs> appointment of their new CEO and things like that. Um, but um, yeah. I, I'm ready to offend Nissan if anybody else is interested. Um, just a quick headline here. The new Nissan Qashqai production begins in Sunderland. Great. Right. I'm not, not interested. interested. In that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, have you got any more car news, Lewis? Well, just in case the Land Rover Defender... The new one, 110, wasn't enormous enough. <laughs> There's been camouflage shots of a extended wheelbase 130 version. Oh. Um, traditionally, the numbers stood for the wheelbase in inches, but they're not doing that anymore, but they're keeping the names the same. It does look rather huge, especially from the yeah. back. And that, do you know what it reminds me of, actually, is is the original Defender, um, well, the, sort of the enlarged version of the 110. Um, of the previous one, that that sort of the sort of the hanging back out of it, and I just kind of want a ladder now and a big <laughs> sort of roof box on it and look really good. But yeah. I do like the Defender. I mean, I know yeah. a lot of people don't. I think people, a lot of people, like oh, it's not a proper farmer's car, is it? But 
I don't know. It's it's a farmer that's got a bit of money and that likes to drive around in luxury. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a yuppie farmer basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, it's like the original Mini. It couldn't. It was great, but it couldn't stay like that forever, could it? Yeah. Same no. with the Defender. Um, I guess it could have stayed like that. Yeah. Fundamentally, with the Defender, it'll climb every mountain and wade every stream that the old one did yeah. and more. It's not like yeah. It's not like they've made it look cool, but not actually do anything. It is mm-hmm. serious off-roader. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Although the way it off-roads is completely different to a defend to an old defender. Well, it's it, yeah, it's it's less sort of big metal levers and things, and more electronics. Um, I just hope they don't break on the poor farmer. <laughs> uh, I've got some good news here. Um, which it's more of it's more of sort of just general news on um on a car, uh, and specifically three cars that are being sold at the moment. Um, basically, there's three rare Aston Martin DB5 triplets for sale. Wow! Um, guess guess what what the price is? Four million pounds, and that includes the Vantage Coupe, you know the one you see in the uh, the Bond films, um, the convertible, and the ultra rare shooting brake. And they were all in the hands of a private collector for 12 years. So if anyone listening uh, wants to buy these three cars and head over to London or wherever it is are selling it um, to, you know, pay £4 million. And I definitely would because that they look immaculate. They're so it's, it's £4 million for free? For all of them, yeah. For all of uh, Yeah. I believe so, yeah. But I just thought I'd bring that up because uh, I think that's very cool that they've got all the sort of three DB5 cars Um I hope they struggle to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> I really I mean, do. They, they must have kept the value so much because, like, as I said, they, you know, it's owned by sort of one person. Like They're collected um, for 12 years and they probably didn't drive them at all. So It's not fair, though. Spoiled. Like, someone's going to pay four million for them. No one's buying my Volkswagen Golf that's in mint condition either <laughs> for fucking a fraction of that price. <laughs> no one's no one wants to buy it. And someone's going to hand over four million for free old. Oh well, they, they are good, but you know. <clears throat> uh, this is a bit different to a golf, uh, Matty. I'll be honest. Just look at it. Look at those three babies. They're just yes. they're well, wanting to be new, newly homed. And <laughs> my, mine's red, so I'm not interested in red, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some strange news this week uh, from Dacia. Uh, as you may remember on last month's podcast, we featured the rather crudely named Dacia Bigster. Um, yep. As well, I, I seem to have become Dacia's correspondent for the podcast. Um, you know, <laughs> every time a, a Dacia worker breathes in the factory, I'm up there with the helicopter reporting on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Dacia this week have revealed their new logo which was designed on Microsoft Paint in three minutes flat <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was paint.net yes paint.net yeah yeah sorry yeah and uh, the new advertising campaign was made on uh, Windows Movie Maker <laughs> <laughs> what, well, what I mean, do we think uh I mean I I don't mind it but it it kind of looks it doesn't look like what it's showing you know it's just like is you can kind of make out that it is, you know. Yeah, they've just rubbed the stuff same. out. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's like the D that's supposed to be a D at the beginning for Dacia 
is also the sea backwards. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. And then the, the two A's obviously the same. And then you just got like a pole in the middle. It looks like some architecture that hasn't been made yet. Like yeah. the um, Pixar logo with the man that jumps out of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is It is going to make its uh, debut on the Bigster next year. So, we've got a horrible name for the car and um, a bit of a strange logo as well. Um but they're anything. really doing bits, aren't they, Dacia? I well, mean, yeah, they, I, I think they're trying to sort of go, ooh, look at us, but, you know, I just, I like Dacia because they were humble and because James May likes them. So, you know, I almost feel like saying, Dacia, come on, you don't have to impress me, you know? <laughs> you don't have to wear makeup. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got some, well, rather, I'd say mixed opinion of this car. Um They've announced a new Ferrari, which you don't really know what it's called yet. Uh, it's rumoured to have a 3-litre V6 hybrid, making uh, 700 horsepower. Now, there's been some debate about this engine, uh, obviously, um, but this, I'm sort of mixed as well, so I'm open to the idea because, obviously, Ferrari haven't done a V6 engine in ages, well, I'd say, since the Dino. Um, That's a and while. I'm, yeah, it's ages, but uh, others say, you know, it could be quite good um it is a hybrid obviously but to me it doesn't it doesn't scream ferrari because who wants to buy a ferrari that's got a v6 you know it doesn't it doesn't really make me want to buy it um i mean the looks obviously we've yet to see um but you know v6 doesn't sound big enough no um I mean, oh, the th- what's the, what's the next step though? Like, obviously, it's just going to go down. It's going to go to a four cylinder. And it's just you don't. You, that's like saying, you know, my my Mazda's a supercar because it's got a four cylinder. No, it isn't. It's just a four cylinder <laughs> engine. It doesn't mean anything. The fact that they're just downgrading, obviously, is because of emissions, yeah. uh, which we know is a a big factor. But also, you know, that they're, they're, they're kind of not making it supercar anymore it's just kind of you know it's a car with a bigger engine that's than you know a, a standard focus um and a ferrari on it so yeah there's that uh i wish we had some pictures but we don't unfortunately or the name hope hopefully soon but yeah v6 yeah. doesn't sound meaty enough for me no um, at all in a in a car like that um yeah, final bit of car news from me. Um, yeah. It's SUV news, unfortunately. Boo. Um, yeah, Boo. this this is all going to start to sound really, really strange after the first sentence. So, Ford Puma, not the coupe, uh, the horrible SUV one. The new one, yeah. Yeah, the new one. Uh, they are, Ford are making a Ford Puma ST Gold Edition, um, and you think, all right, fine. Another edition car that we feature that no one's going to buy. It's got gold wheels, stripes, really? etc. Um, but the the reason why this is, we've I've given this the time of day on the podcast, is that it's been designed by fans of the Ford Puma. Um, well, that just explains it all, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. So not 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 just the, the 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 ten fans that it's got that have got one on mobility, but this is being designed. Um, sorry, it's Ford has enlisted the help of two hundred and seventy five thousand fans of the Ford Puma. Is that did, there's that many fans? Is that have they, have they even sold two hundred and fifty five thousand? <laughs> Well, it, seem like it. it is it is one of the best-selling cars um, 
the it's overtaken the focus i think in you know the best selling car really. stats but 275,000 fans to help design <laughs> a car they've well, enlisted that, that just... their help but they don't. You don't need that many people to, to design a car. I could design a car in my bedroom, and it still look better than the Puma. <laughs> so I, it's, it's just a bit. It's a bit over the top, in my opinion. But uh, is you know what? What is your, what do you get with the gold edition? Is there anything other than the new paintwork and um, and whatever? No changes have been made mechanically. Okay. Um, the public have had a say on the gold edition nameplate and the detailing inside with the gold stitching, gold stripes. It's it's basically just a a slightly tinged gold puma. Right. Um, um, and is that selling for any more? Uh, it doesn't say. Prices haven't been revealed, but it does have a a, a storage box in the boot. Okay. Um, but you can get one of them on a normal Puma. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's basically just gold stitching. So is it? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine they're probably charging more for that. So you know, just get a standard one, or don't get one at all. Yeah, get no. You know what you give. should get? Get an original Puma. That's what you should do. Yes, that's what you should do. Yeah. Watch out for or a rust. new Fiesta. Or a new Fiesta. Yes. <laughs> Right, so it's time to move on to this week's theme of the podcast. You may have seen some videos on YouTube with the title Answering Your Assumptions. Uh, A viewer submits their assumptions about the YouTuber, they answer them. This one, of course, is largely the same. Uh, It's about cars, though. Um, We all submit to each other our car-related assumptions, controversial opinions, generalisations, etc. Uh, And we see if we agree or not. Um, Unfortunately, for the people viewing and listening this podcast, um, well, especially Bailey has had no idea what this means. Um, So I hope this goes well, but maybe assumptions was the wrong word to use. It's just... It's basically a thing to say about specific groups of people in which we can take the piss out of and see if um, we agree yeah exactly yes yes which is what we're it. about on the grand team uh, and matty's cars and lewis's channel which we can link later yes <laughs> so my first my first assumption is women can't park <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, what do we think of this uh when this is obviously generalizing and no sexism at all um uh, towards this so what do we what do we guys think uh personally i i uh kind of agree with the statement because i've seen it myself that women yeah. cannot actually park or parallel park which is another version of parking that they can't comprehend um so if you go into any waitress car park you can see that <laughs> that um <laughs> most of the cars aren't in space but uh, what do you guys think of this well, if you look at the state of my mum's alloy wheels, then you'd have to concede that women can't park. Um, but I think that it's not that they can't park; it's that many of many of them uh, drive cars that are maybe perhaps too big for them. Yeah, and yeah. that is that is why they can't park. I mean, obviously they could park when they were learning in a micro or something, but. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, if it's young g- girls, I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure, but especially mums in 
big SUVs, even Zafiras, you know, they've never been able to park. So Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of, I mean, it's not necessarily them, is it? It's more to do with the car they're driving. But then again, with all the assists that the car offers, you'd think that they might be able to do a little bit of a better job uh, parking. Um, yeah. Maybe they're distressed and got lots on their mind. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's that. But uh, Well, you can, know, obviously... I, can I just say something here? Because oh. you've had a lucky escape, Bailey. Um, I'll be very honest in saying this, Lewis, because you were our first reserve. We were meant to actually have a woman come on the show this week. Um, uh-huh. She she dropped out. She was busy. Um, oh probably probably parking. But um, yes. <laughs> if you'd have Just said women can't park, wheels in for a refurb. yeah, if, and then coming for a valet from you on the way back, getting the yeah. extension lead out. But if you would you have said women can't park on if she'd have come on, Bailey? Yes. Oh, you you fucking wouldn't. No, but this is, would have been a good conversation um, with her because, like, you know, what what would she say? That's what I want to know. I might, might ask this when she comes on later on. On the yeah, uh, in, sort in of the, case you're wondering who it is, viewers, it's uh, Rebecca Jackson from Car Buyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. No, it's not. No. Uh, Although going back to the parking thing, the wheels of my BMW have only ever been driven by a gentleman or a few gentlemen and they are completely ruined <laughs> really oh. I mean it's, it's a big mix like you know there are some amazing women drivers in the Sabine world Sabine Schmitz yeah that's one of them uh, there's plenty of others and, Rebecca um, Jackson <laughs> I see Rebecca Jackson but, um, <laughs> with a <her> banana yeah, just... <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, we're Sorry. not we're not generalising at we're all. Not. But, um, you're you're not. No, not at all. Uh, but there's specific, you know, to the people that, well, to the women that specifically don't like or you know just think driving is, you know, I'm getting to the place, to the hair and makeup place, and then going home. It's like you know, <laughs> they're not really the sort of people that would be good at parking because they don't enjoy it. So you know, you can't can't blame them for it, really, can you? So I think we should move on. Yes, because we're going to get a bit uh, controversial in a minute. You, you've just offended over half the population, so yeah, you know we need viewers and listeners on this podcast. You're turning them all away. Well, it's fine because they don't get to this point in the podcast, so we're all right. <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh, have you got any assumptions, Lewis, that you'd like to throw in? I want I can... to say something about Audi drivers because I've noticed Audi drivers and BMW drivers seem to have some sort of feud against each other yes they do well and which, one, which one would you say is the worst I know you're driving at um, BMW Lewis but w- which one would you say is the worst type of driver Audi or BMW because they are essentially the two worst <laughs> <laughs> I think looking at it from the whole picture I think Audi drivers because they tend to tailgate more yes, whereas a BMW to- driver a BMW driver has meetings to go to, so they will get past you <laughs> no matter what. But an Audi driver is just bored, so they'll sit behind you to annoy you without actually yeah. moving anywhere. That's very well, true. But I've got a meeting to go to, so I'm getting past you. <laughs> this is the thing. One of my assumptions was all BMW drivers are assholes, but that was only to annoy <laughs> you, uh, Lewis. But... Um, 
I don't know, it, it's it's kind of true, but here's my theory about the Audi and the BMW thing, right? Audis, as you said, will just tailgate you forever. BMWs won't necessarily do that because they're rear-wheel drive and they have the handling capability to do a massive big fuck-off overtake and yeah. get, get to their meeting. And I don't actually mind my life being put at risk for a few seconds by a BMW doing a bad manoeuvre. I'd rather that than having an Audi stuck up my arse, even though I've moved yeah. over, you know? That's my take on it. I'm obviously, Lewis, we're not having a go at you just for driving a BMW, because you drive an MG, that is essentially your main car, God isn't it? Tier. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, don't, I don't really see many of those MGs, actually. Around. I like them. I, really I do mean. like them. They're cool. Yeah. They're really quirky. They're quite different, which is, you know, you know, if I say if I saw you on the road, I'd be like, that's Lewis. He's in the MG. Yeah. I know it's well, you that, because you drive that. That's it. That's why I w- I'm, I'd have one as if the Saxo went because they're, they're new or they're modern, but they're alternative, aren't they? Uh-huh. Right. Uh, my next assumption is uh, MPVs are unnecessary. Objection. Oh, objection. Objection number two. Go on. I think SUVs are unnecessary. Well, this is the thing. I I, I had a um, sort of thought about this, and I knew you would sort of bring this up with the SUVs <laughs> uh, crossing, crossing over with the MPVs. Um, I mean, I don't think SUVs are unnecessary. I just think they are unnecessary in certain areas. Um, for example, England. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, <clears throat> You know, I, I do like the fact that they go off-road, but MPVs are sort of like, you know, they're just really boring and they're just like, they're basically just people carriers and they're just like, what? you don't need one. You, you just do. See, oh. You do. Firstly, there's a big difference between an SUV and a 4x4, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my first thing to the judge. And the second thing is that you can't say it's, what did you say, pointless? Unnecessary pointless unnecessary fucking you know without the mpv we wouldn't have the fiat multipler or the renault espace and they're great cars <laughs> they're not they are in your mind yes but uh majority <laughs> of the england disagree <laughs> i think on a practical consumer advisory note MPVs like the Zafira, I know there are people who say they're bad cars, but if you're looking at it from a, a consumer point of view, the Zafira and friends gives you the height yeah, inside for the, the the height of the boot and the height of the passenger space, whereas in the back of, say, a Cougar or a Kajar or something, it's no bigger inside no. than a Focus or a Megane. But, but they look shit. <laughs> They don't. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's the Zafira VXR. Oh <laughs> yes, yeah. That is. Come on, the Zafira VXR. That's that's great, Bailey. Come on. They don't the the old one anyway. Um, but saying that, all those Zafiras went on fire, didn't they? <laughs> oh yeah. It's that. great. You can fold the seat in twelve different ways, but as <laughs> on your way to Butlins, the car will burst into flames. <laughs> Uh, sure is a right for going to Butlins. Yeah. <laughs> Shit all. <laughs> uh, who's got a next? Who's got the um, next assumption? 
Uh, got one more here. Uh, well, I've got two more. First one is staying on this theme, really. I've had a lot of thinking about this. Um, Skoda is uncool and pointless, I feel. Yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're just basically Volkswagen. They don't need, they've already got Sayre, which is already better than Skoda itself. So Skoda are like the, the bin category, uh, whereas, you know, actual Volkswagen and Sayre are actually a bit better. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say I disagree, you know, I wouldn't say I agreed, you know, fully. Yeah. Skoda have made they've got a good rally team or do they I don't know <laughs> their rally team is Spit there you've got the Mon- Monte Carlo cars I guess yeah, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's their little sort of thing but I don't know the reason I think is I think I preferred Skoda when they were in the early sort of years with Volkswagen because they were still there was still a bit of a, a distinguishment between Seat and them yeah. like they were still sort of Whereas all they're all the same now, pretty budget, much. They were still pretty budget, sort of shitty, sort of cars. Sorry, so, but now, Skodas are actually quite good, and you're like, well, I'd rather, wouldn't you just, apart from the price difference, a Skoda's like the same as a Passat, a Superb's like the same as a Passat, a yeah. Fabia's the same as a as a um, Polo. But then you they just... are the same cars, aren't they? So. Exactly, yeah, but wouldn't you just get a Polo then? Because Exactly, that's what everyone does. Yeah. What are you What are you getting? You know, I don't know. Maybe you're getting more for your money, but wouldn't you just get a Polo? Well, this is a good question, because, um, well, I know Rob um, from the Grand Tinas, he, he's actually driven a Fabia, like a fairly new one. Yeah, uh, it was like all a, right. It was like a 1.2 turbo one. Yeah, and he said it was just—it just felt really cheap and just horrible to drive. And obviously now he's got the Polo. He says, you know, the Polo is just—it's a complete—it feels like a completely different car, even though it is essentially the same car. Yeah, yeah, that's it's just quite, weird. It's quite interesting that you know there's quite a little bit of a difference. I guess that's you know because it's kind of a sub-brand, or it's their own brand that they're not actually designing their own cars as such. They're sort of using Volkswagen as a bit of a you know lift. Mm. Uh, to help them out and then obviously they're not producing as good of a quality of a car you know just everything like in the interior he said that a lot of the stuff felt really cheap and like the plastic and everything like that seats and stuff you know yes I drove a 2018 Fabia it was the base base model with the one litre MPI engine yeah I think that that might be the one he drove as well and it was the worst car I have ever driven (laughs) in my entire life there you go. It was just there was nothing pleasing nothing about it. The steering yeah. wheel was itchy. The clutch it was a brand new car, but the clutch the bike yeah. changed the bike changed depending on the day of the week. The brakes This is exactly did what Rob said as nothing. well. The brakes did absolutely nothing. The steering when you had the steering wheel turned you didn't even know it was turned because it was so numb it was just horrific and that was coming from a 12 year old Toyota Igo yeah well that that explains it then doesn't it that's kind of the overall evaluation should be be better shouldn't it yeah Yeah. Um, any more assumptions I've got one more I think before um, I do as well I've got one more you do yours then Um, next assumption is uh, the insurance system is corrupt 
Yes. Very yeah. good. So yeah, I I thought of this just because of how ridiculously stupid money I have to pay on my car that's like the size of like a, a water bottle. Um, like compared to the cars, let's say you know the people that are driving those big SUVs in my area, they're probably paying about three hundred pound, maybe less. And I'm paying one point three for a car that's half the size, half the you know the space and all that thing. Probably the smaller engine. And I have to pay like five times as more. It's just, I know it's because of the young age, but Matty, we've had this conversation before, haven't we, about how it should be a different way. We have. Um, what is that thing where you, like, is it a, almost like an escape rooms thing is what I'm going to use as an analogy yeah. because you pass your driving test and they're like, well done, you've, got through that door and there's another door to break into and it's proven that you are safe to drive even though you've passed your test so yeah. you've got like how many years is it until our insurance goes it's three. down it's God three so sake. like i'm pretty sure it's three or four because it's um yeah no so it's after three years you can start giving lessons because obviously you've had three years of experience so basically well, yeah, no, yeah. But when does my insurance go down from when i passed because it, it's hardly well, this- moved Mine's has gone down quite a lot. Well, mine mine started off being uh, two and a half grand for a 1.2 engine, which is just, you know, absurd. And it went down to, uh, what did it go down to? I had a black box. So it went about, I think the second year, it went to about two grand, like 1.8. And then literally the, the previous year or the current year at the moment, it was a thousand and something. But obviously now it's gone up again because I've got a different car. But... You know, it's, it, I think every year it should go down. I don't know if yours have done that, though, Matty. Well, mine went down £300 from the first oh, year. Yeah. And that's not much, really, because it was 1200 for a one-litre car that I could put in my pocket. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> then the next year, it went, it did, just didn't move. The insurance didn't move down at all. So I thought, fuck it, I'm just going to buy this other car that I've got and just pay as much as I was going to pay in the first year for the insurance, but to have two cars. Um, Lewis, what are you paying for your boat, your two cars? You're going to hate me for saying this, but my idol was a... Yes. <laughs> Is it? For, for both of them. £300 each, yes. Wow. Okay, so that, I mean... This this is the whole reason why I brought this up. Do I you mean, have be- electric gates on your house or sort of? So what's your secret? <laughs> no. What's your secret? Well, pe- people in my village, I live in the oil capital of Europe, so people in my village have better things to do than steal cars. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Like it's it's all down to the area as well, and this is what I, this is what really annoys me is because just because your area is slightly more expensive than let's say Liverpool. Um, <laughs> then it's a bit more money. I just, I just think it's a bit, you know, unfair. It's not really my choice that I've supposed had to, to live here. It's supposed to be the other way, isn't it? It's supposed to be if you, if you, from a more rough area, it's it's supposed to be more because your car's more likely to get stolen. Well, that's not the it? case then, because mine, mine's so much money because of how, you know, just because of how expensive this area is, and they know that because they just see all the house prices. Yeah, but why is just, that? What, what's that got to do with anything? Exactly. It's just, it, it, that's why I'm saying it's just totally corrupt. Like, you know, obviously, you, Lewis, you live in Scotland, which is just, there's nothing there apart from a few animals, and, you know, your insurance <laughs> is about <laughs> £600. <laughs> so it just explains that it's all down to, you know, 
Location. Yeah, I think it's a bit antiquated nowadays. Yeah. Although the Scottish pound is very strong at the moment, it's one pound to a pound. Is it? Oh, okay. <laughs> so even exchange rate. I might come up, go to Toblemory again. I've been there. <laughs> What's I've the story? A, I've got a picture. What's the story exactly? I've got a picture outside Spencer's house. Um, have you? Has anyone else got any more assumptions? I've got one more. If you want to hear it. Yeah, go for it. The Grand Tour should have stayed in the tent. Yes, it should have. Yeah. I, I, feel, it, I feel like... I, I don't know, because I guess they're doing loads more projects than that now, and that's great. Richard Hammond's just announced that he's making a show with Discovery+. Plus. Um, and they're like... I guess the Grand Tour's on a bit of a back burner at the moment. But... No, no reason to fucking get rid of the whole studio and the conversation street and that. I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> I know COVID sort of thrown it all, but I like the audience interaction and yeah, yeah. When they were travelling about, if they were in Amsterdam, they would take the neck out of the Dutch, or if they were in Yorkshire, they would take yeah the neck out of them. And well, they were in Aberdeen for um, Clarkson's birthday, and they took the piss out of your cuisine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Remember that. <laughs> well, this is the thing though. Like I was speaking to Jack, you know, Mortimer we had on last. Uh, oh month. yeah. Um, and he he was saying, you know, like if Jeremy didn't if Jeremy didn't punch that, you know, producer and Top Gear, we wouldn't have got the Grand Tour, the um, James May Japan thing, and the uh, cooking show, and Richard's big whatever it's called, and then Jeremy's farm. So I think that's quite a good point to you know point out that we actually got. You know, more more so, more shows even than we would have if they stayed on Top Gear, which it's, they probably would have. It, it certainly is, and the the whole Clarkson debate thing. I've had this with me dad loads of times. Who doesn't particularly like Clarkson? Um, oh. And you can't <laughs> you can't really uh, you can't really defend the fact that he's punched this guy. But at the same time, what you can sort of um, talk about is how sort of um, Top Gear was treated with it wasn't sort of given the credit it needed from the BBC so they often would get rid of their most viewed Sunday programme, move the schedule to accommodate something like Snooker yeah. um, They the budget was minuscule you know, not, not enough for a show that draws in that many views and makes the BBC that much money the bu- actual production budget I feel um, like they were stealing money a bit as well, just because of, you know, like you said, the smaller budget than the Grand Tour has. Um, the fact that they, you know, didn't even use some of the money they made. I mean, I don't know for sure, but like, you know, the fact they didn't have... You can tell the budget difference is bigger on the Grand Tour than it was on Top Gear, which makes you think that BBC yeah. kind of took a bit of the money. Um, well, yeah. Obviously they would, but, you know, yeah, they should have they invested did, did. it more to the show. They did. That's how it works. But it's. I mean, obviously they they could have never have competed with a company like Amazon for the budget. But I mean, like, it. If you look, the budget was so tiny for a show that done so well for that corporation. Okay. Amazon's got a slightly um more relaxed view on health and safety as well. Yeah. Which I like. It's obviously you've got to be careful with. Like you don't want to have accidents, but I felt like the BBC they couldn't really have as much fun the as they wanted to. 
they even and took a piss the... out of that as well, didn't they? Like the three yeah. of them. So <laughs> just shows. Big time. It's it's it is it is great. Anyone that can sort of laugh at themselves and be laughed at, do you know what I mean? Do you remember they used to do the oh look, James is in Heat magazine as the UK's worst dressed man <laughs> and they'd be like, Yes and just laugh <laughs> at themselves. It's just it's brilliant. Yeah. Richard Hammond's unofficial calendar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comparing it to fucking Cliff Richards one where he's leaning against trees and that. <laughs> I um, went on the internet and I found this. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. I do I do miss that's that you see, that's what I miss. It should have stayed or it should come back to the tent for segments like that because yeah. the specials Just are good. The conversations They're, are so yeah. good. The specials are good, they're exciting and that, but that sort of comedy aspect of the conversation street and the... Yeah. Does that mean he's not coming on then? Sort of thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great. It was just it was just peak. It's just peak British comedy, isn't it? Yeah, just can't definitely. get better than that. Definitely. So there we go. Thank you for watching this week's edition of the Car Talk podcast, uh, where we've discussed the latest transportational opinion and car news. That's the wrong way round, but uh, we're going to say thanks now to our special guest, of course, Lewis Mackland. Um, would you like to plug your fairly new YouTube channel and social medias, Lewis? Yeah, thank you, Matt. It is the Instagram and the YouTube is both Mackland's Motors, M-A-C-K-L-A-N-D apostrophe S Motors for Instagram and YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe for car reviews detailing random things coming soon <laughs> nice <laughs> nice uh, and yourself Bailey yep as usual guys uh, make sure you're subscribing to the grand team which this uh, video and podcast will be uploading uh, to on the channel um, and make sure you follow us on all social medias that includes Spotify no it doesn't it includes Twitter <laughs> uh, TikTok <laughs> and <laughs> Instagram <laughs> Twitter yes um, <laughs> Um, and obviously subscribe to us, as I said. Yes, and if you'd like to see my channel, it's Matty's Cars on YouTube. You can follow me on Instagram, Matty's Cars YT, which stands for YouTube. Very clever. Um, oh, really? Yeah, and if you just want my tweets about like the weather and that, it's not really great, but <laughs> at Manning Matty on Twitter. Um, and yeah, that that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Lewis, for coming on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having it. me. It's been a pleasure and great to talk to you uh, in yeah, an actual environment where we can actually have a conversation. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed it as well. It's been great. Yeah, hopefully we can chat more. Again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, thanks for watching and we'll see you again next time. Bye. See you later.